Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. The only thing that's different is the timing and um, a little bit of the fo- uh, a little bit of the footwork, and uh, you're on another side of a double team, so it's a little different. Uh, you just have to have fast reactions on the inside because, like I said, the people are closer, but. Like you said, I've been I've been practicing there for a while and trying to take everything in stride and get better every day. Poor guy, that's Ezra Cleveland <laughs> talking about all the things. It's not that much different to play right guard, except for the footwork, it's just and the entirely different, side and the timing and all these things. And it's different. not tackle, but I'm which I'm a tackle, but I mean, yeah, so, it's fine. So, but he made it through, and uh, and I'm assuming he'll probably start at right guard again after the bye week, but. Um, but we're going to dive into the state of Kirk Cousins, the guy that Ezra Cleveland and other offensive linemen are trying as hard as they can to protect. And we're going to dive into uh, where Kirk ranks in the NFL in certain key categories, some of the new quarterback excitement from other teams around the league, and uh, a couple other interesting sound bites that you're going to want to hear. But Declan, let's talk about our friend Corona Hard Seltzer here before we start this episode. Yeah, my friend Ezra Cleveland, you know what's not confusing? It's Corona Hard Seltzer. It's, it's pretty straight to the point. You don't got to worry about switching positions. It, 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 there might be different flavors, but that doesn't mean you have to switch positions. You know, like, is it a is it a run scheme? Is it a passing block scheme? You know, there, there, there's no, it's different a, it's just It's just a can. It's just a can. Pour it into your head. And it, it, and it goes back really easily, and there's numerous flavors you can get into. So Ezra, Ezra Cleveland. <laughs> Get a Corona Hard Seltzer, man. Chill out. Relax. It's all good. Guard or tackle. Drink you're responsibly. Gonna, you're going to drink responsibly with Corona Hard Seltzer. It's the only hard seltzer made with Pure Beach vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Football. You like that? You like that? You think you like football? Jim Mora doesn't just like football. He loves football. Fired up. Let's go. What are you fired up about? Life. The football, the media, the fans, the world, everything, you name it. You're not down on anything at all? Nothing. Not a single thing? No. How'd practice go? Outstanding. One of the best practices we've had in my 10-year history here. Those That's why I chewed their ass out for 10 minutes afterwards. <laughs> what the- oh! 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 
salsa. That's a boy. I, what, a char- that one a what a character he was. Love those random, coach. random football clips. He was he was so great. This is Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff is producing, and every Wednesday, I don't know how long we're going to be able to keep doing this, but <laughs> we're going we're going to deep dive every Wednesday on the state of Kirk Cousins, the Viking starting quarterback, and these episodes are presented by our friends. At Corona Hard Seltzer, spiked sparkling water. Four wonderful fruit flavors. Corona Hard Seltzer is also helping us on uh, Vikings game days during Vikings vent line. So appreciate them coming this along This is the, the equivalent, I think, of doing the stock market watch during the Great Depression. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the stock market still crashed. Um, yeah, it's not Re- good. Reporting live from the ledge of a high rise. It's Judd Zolgad. Here comes the, the Hindenburg looks like a beautiful <laughs> ship about to land. Oh my God, the humanity! I will say it feels like it feels like even the stragglers who have been defending Kirk Cousins it's over. throughout the season, he's going to bounce back to some extent. Like, of course, so, it, so he's, he's not going to he's not going to throw thirty interceptions this year. But I did have one. I was just checking my Twitter feed, and uh, Fire Zimmer on Twitter says. What do you mean rapidly declining? Cousins had one bad first half. Like, you are the one straggler. Yeah. You are the one straggler if you think he's only had one bad first half so far. So we're going to go through a bunch of things. We have, a, we have a clip from Mike Zimmer basically the week before the Vikings signed Cousins in 2018 that's very telling. But let's just go through where he ranks right now in the NFL and then a couple questions off that. So some key categories. Kirk Cousins, through six games, ranks 21st in completion percentage, which is a number that traditionally he's really made his bread and butter, just accuracy and uh, and, and being at or around 70% completions. He's in the mid-60s now at like 64%, and yeah. a, lot of, a lot of guys have passed him. Mm-hmm. He's 23rd in standard passer rating. He's 28th in QBR, which is passer rating with more context. He's got the most interceptions thrown in the NFL with 10. One was a Hail Mary, and there's a couple others that are maybe like tipped or something, but that's a lot of interceptions. Mm-hmm. And as a Viking in his career so far, so career as a Viking, he's now three and sixteen. And Mike Zimmer too owns this record, but three and sixteen against teams that went on to finish five hundred or better than five hundred. So Judd, now that we are seventy-two hours removed from perhaps his worst game as a Viking, at least that first half. I don't even care about the second half numbers. I don't give a rip that he threw for three fifty. No, it doesn't and you matter. Should not. Yeah. Packers game, same thing. Yep. It's garbage time. Who so cares? Now that we're 72 hours removed from it, where do you stand with Kirk Cousins? The same place I've been for probably a while now. He's just not the guy. Like, okay, so they suck. So let's say they don't suck. Let's say they're halfway decent. I, the question that every Vikings fan, and I know it's incomprehensible because they have not been there since I was seven. But the question that every Vikings fan has to ask him or herself is, what do you want? And if the answer is, well, a championship, of course, Judd, a Super Bowl championship. That should be the goal, yes. Okay, then Kirk Cousins um, in 2018, which I didn't know, but but Kirk Cousins has never set foot in the Vikings home stadium in a Vikings jersey capable of winning a championship. So I stand where I stand. He's just not the guy. You tried. You threw. You shot your shot, and I'm not going to criticize you. Yes, in retrospect, it didn't turn out to be great, but you know what? You tried, and I applauded you, right? Like, I think a lot of us were like, oh, good, because the one thing that I don't want to hear is Case Keenum. I don't want to hear that. Now, Teddy, we can bring that up. That's fine. 
you know, pre him being hurt, the, there was a grand plan there, which I think actually was workable and could have won you a championship possibly. Uh, the Keenum thing was a one-off fun year. It was a Cinderella slipper though. Uh, but where I stand with Kirk is the same place I've stood for quite some time now. He's not capable of winning you a championship, which should be all we care about. Yeah. I, it, it should never be, Phil, the conversation should never be, well, we didn't suck before and we do now, so Kirk has to go now. Like, that's that shouldn't be your expectation. Yeah, I've, I've never been more clear-eyed and clear-headed about what the Vikings need to do at quarterback. And yes. and I think, I think you can say two things. I think you can say, you know, col- collection number one of things would be, Kirk Cousins was the right signing in 2018. I believe it was. Kirk Cousins has been great at times. He was great in the second half of a playoff game last year. He has he has shown the ability to to put together 300-yard passing games and good fantasy numbers, right? And so and I would even even put in that bin, he's probably going to bounce back this season. Like he's probably going to have some big games this season. Of course, they're he will. probably going to win some more games. Yes, and and I'm sure the minute that that happens, it's going to be see, like I told you, you guys are wrong on Kirk Cousins. So all of those things can be true, mm-hmm. and I know without a shadow of a doubt mm-hmm. that he will not be the quarterback that leads the Vikings to their first Super Bowl. And and if and if the second part is true, and I believe it to be true, and you believe it to be true, then you should be looking for that guy starting in 2021. So that's where I'm at thinking on this for 72 hours. And I even like, I brought this up on Mackie and Judd, our other podcast, which you can find on Apple, Spotify, and the all new scorenorth.com. Mm-hmm. I just have quarterback envy more than I've really ever had it watching this Vikings team. Like, I see what they have in Kirk, and it's just very underwhelming. And he's not the greatest leader, and he's not really dynamic, and he's not mobile, and he's playing terribly right now. Right. And then I look around at the rest of the league. And I know Josh Allen played like garbage last week, but Josh Allen is having a career season so far. And we all see what Pat Mahomes has become in his in his three years in Kansas City. And then you see what Kyler Murray is becoming and him running, you know, just circles around the Cowboys on Monday night. And Tua is going to make his NFL debut right. coming up here in a couple of weeks. And uh, and guess who leads the NFL in passing attempts? Joey Burrow, who, you know, with a garbage roster is holding his own. In the NFL, and there's all these guys, and they're all under the age of 30, and a lot of them are under the age of 27. And I just have such strong uh, Deshaun Watson. Like I have such jealousy for these other franchises, and I just want the Vikings to try that path again in 2021. So Kirk's play in six games so far this season has cleared things up, like it's made the vision clear. Okay. But let me give the Mackey and Judge show credit because we've always had conversations and clarity in how this should work. Like this is not a, well, we thought Kirk. Now, we we give teams credit for trying, trying different things because a lot of teams don't. Um, so, you know, the day that they signed Kirk, it would have been a sort of weird to be like, well, this is going to suck. We don't, no, we don't, we don't know that that's not fair. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. That being said, this show has had through the years and will continue to have extensive conversations about how the quarterback position and pay has to work. Um, and, and the fact that in this town for a long time, we have had quarterback beer goggles based on, on the jealousy that you're talking about. So if somebody oh, starts to flash, the guy looks pretty good. We're like, Oh, oh, uh, oh boy, it's a uh, 1 a.m. All right, Randy. All right. I got a pretty big arm. He's a stud. So this show has always been very clear about that. 
And it will continue to be clear about the fact that that in a salary cap league, what Kirk is doing to your cap and how he's playing and what he's capable of doing does is not is never going to allow you to get to the path that you want to get to. Now, if you just tell me, I like to make the playoffs sometimes and I want to finish in second place. Well, and wild cards are great because there's lots of those now. Then I would say, like, okay, then just keep Kirk. And and it probably works. Not this year, but it probably works. Um, but I'm old. And you're aging. And at some point in time here, if you're going to get to a Super Bowl, the path has to has to change. And there has to be more clarity. And there has to be more thought process put into how you're going to get to the place that we often talk about. So I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. And we're going to get to a really interesting soundbite here from Mike Zimmer from almost three years ago in just a second. But out of curiosity, what, what, what you just said, I did a deep dive into this a couple weeks ago and was just kind of waiting for the right Wednesday State of Kirk Cousins episode to bring it up on. It's so important to consider how much money a quarterback makes because it's a, it's it's such a huge chunk of your roster building strategy that like hinges on, okay, this is the highest paid, most influential player on the roster and and if he's making, you know, 15 or 20% of your salary cap in any given year, think about how hard it is to build the other parts of your roster. So you either need a guy that can overcome weaknesses around the roster because yeah. you're not going to be able to afford to pay other guys. Yes. Or you need a guy that makes less money and yields some of the other money to a pass rusher, a, a right guard, for instance. The Vikings, I saw, um, I think it was Andrew Kramer from the Star Tribune, uh, after the 2015 season, which the Vikings had the same starting left and right guard for the entire 2015 season, so from so 16, 17, 18, 19 in this year, they've started 16 different players at guard, and part of that's because they can't afford to get one in free agency. Like when you know when the Mike Ayupati's become available a few years ago, like they can't afford that guy yeah. because they don't have enough cap room to also pay some of the young players. Anyways, non-elite quarterbacks making elite quarterback money. And how are those teams doing right now in the NFL? And it's a really interesting list. So Kirk Cousins is on the list. And I and I define elite quarterback money right now as at least $27 million or about 15% of the cap or more. Because okay. that's kind of the line where there's a bunch of studies that have shown if you make 15% of the cap or more, really only like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning have won Super Bowls. And, and, and I, I think you're probably going to see like Pat Mahomes might do it. Yeah. And you might even see like Russell Wilson do it, but not everyone could. Yeah, but it's really, really, really hard. Gotcha. Hall of Fame caliber guy. If you're going to eat up that much of the cap, okay. So here's the list right now: guys who make at least twenty seven, around twenty seven or more, and um, and aren't elite quarterbacks in my mind. Kirk Cousins is one. How are the Vikings doing? Not very well. Yeah. well doing <laughs> could, great for a draft. Pick. Could use a lot of other pieces. Now, if you told me Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins is the quarterback. And you get to fill out the rest of your roster with you know thirty million extra dollars. All right, we can have that conversation, but that's not the reality. Mm-hmm. The Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz are on this list. How are they doing since he signed that contract? Awful. It's really bad. Awful. And it's not that he's bad. In fact, I think he's actually like if put in a better system with better players, that roster's kind of eroded. They don't really have and great what weapons. Don't they, and w- what is is one of their biggest problems right now? Offensive line, same thing. Yes. They can't protect him. And because they're paying Carson Wentz a ridiculous amount of money, yep. they can't afford to go fix some of these other things, right? Yep. So it just like it, it prevents him from being the best version of himself. The Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott, even on the franchise tag, they're paying him like $32 million on the franchise tag this year. 
How are they doing? Yeah. I think everyone saw that debacle a couple nights ago, okay? Matt Stafford is on this list and the Detroit Lions. Well, yeah, and they're yeah. Yeah, we know how they're doing. Derek Carr and the Oakland Raiders are on this list. And I know they had a big win over Kansas City, but is anyone sitting there saying, Yeah, Derek Carr and the Oakland Raiders are gonna win the Super Bowl in the next couple of years? No. No. Now, if Derek Carr made $25 million less and you could fill out, you know, whatever, awesome. Okay, there's a couple guys here that are a little bit more interesting. Jimmy Garoppolo is on this list as a non-elite quarterback making elite quarterback money. The Niners are absolutely a Super Bowl contender. They've done an amazing job with roster construction. They've got a top five head coach in my mind. And Jimmy G, even though he's been inconsistent and shaky, he has shown a knack for winning games late. He had four fourth quarter comebacks last year. And so like he gives you just enough in the spots and they've done an amazing job building a roster around him. So credit to the 49ers for being able to make it work with Jimmy G making 27 million. They've got guys hurt left and right uh, this year yeah. too. And they got a and, lot of injury problems. And they just won a big game they against did. the Rams. Yep. And speaking of the Rams, they're on this list too. Jared Goff, non-elite quarterback making elite quarterback money. They're getting back on track this year, but they've taken a big step back from when they went to the Super Bowl. Yep. They pay Jared Goff, and now they're had. And, and even if some of these contracts don't kick in, like like Deshaun Watson is kind of on this list, and then he's kind of an elite quarterback. And he's but a year not away quite, from that from his contract kicking in. But is that now right? they have to start planning for that forty million dollar contract, and it becomes harder. Yeah. So again, when you look at the non elite quarterbacks making elite quarterback money. The teams aren't winning championships. Which begs a very simple question, and I don't get it. Where is the middle class? It has to emerge. But, like, how are those guys not in the middle class? It has to emerge. I think Dak we can talk about. But how on earth is Carr not firmly in, well-paid, Secure for life, okay? How is Carr not in the middle class? And, you know, you could make an argument now that now that Mahomes and Watson have created this next level where they're making like $40 million. I hope you're now, right. Now does that create, does that $27 million become the middle class as the cap starts to go up? But the cap's going to come down probably for a year before it goes back up. So I'm with you. It just, where like, is it? these teams have to get out of the business of, well, the next starting quarterback is up for free agency, and so he becomes the highest paid. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, where, what are you doing? Who's the next QB who, and, and th- these guys don't get free, but if they did, who's the next QB who hits the free agent market and you read to yourself, he so-and-so is now the highest paid, and you say to yourself, oh, yeah, that tracks. That makes sense. Russell Wilson, who is ne- who is not going to uh, get out of Seattle. Mahomes, who is not going to get out of KC. But, like, who's the next realistic one who, when you read, because you will read it, now for three days, he's the highest pay- I'll give it to you. You know who it's going to be? Who? Josh Allen, probably. Which it's just ridiculous. This is Josh Allen's third year in the NFL. Ridiculous. And so he has two more years left on his rookie contract. So he's probably in the next year going to sign an extension that kicks in in, like, 2023 or whatever the sure. year would be, or 22, whatever the year would be. Um, so, But he's a perfect candidate for he is not a top, top elite quarterback. He's proven to be, it looks like anyways, in 2020, a very good quarterback. Mm-hmm. So he should probably make 20 to $27 million on his next contract if the cap goes up, yes. not 35 or 40 yes. And Dak Prescott's another one, too. Like, Dak wants 35 or $40 million. That's absurd. You would, you would be 
train wrecking even more your franchise if you paid him that much but money. But for a league that controls its players and costs really well across the board, how does somebody not put their foot down and say, okay, there's about three to five, five possibly, of these guys who deserve record-setting, break-the-bank, yeah. God-bless-you contracts. And the rest of you are going to be really well compensated, but you ain't ever going to get near that next tier. Yeah. But but your, your point from a month back or so – about the fact that that what should have been a middle class of quarterbacks just disappeared. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it didn't exist. And it and it's like if there is a middle class of quarterbacks, it, it like it's basically like whatever Ryan Fitzpatrick makes is the middle class. Yeah, of which is a ridiculous. Right? Con- yes, or whatever Nick Foles makes, and it should include fifteen guys. And so all these teams that we just mentioned, non elite quarterbacks making elite quarterback money. Pretty much all these teams, except maybe San Francisco and kind of the Rams have major holes and flaws that exist in large part because they can't afford to fix them because they're paying their quarterbacks too much. Garoppolo, and the Vikings are on that list. The Vikings are at the top of that list. Garoppolo is among a group of players of QBs who I like. Like, I don't think he's bad. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. He should never be on that list that you j- just read. Jared Goff's iffy to me. Very iffy. Yep. So let's let's play this Mike Zimmer soundbite, all right? All right? It. Because it's funny. Yeah, it worked out. <laughs> more foreshadowing or more uh, of a great segue here. This is this is Mike Zimmer, and I want to give proper credit to uh, Straight Cash Homie on Twitter for digging this clip up from, I think it was the NFL Combine in 2018 as the Vikings were going through who was going to be our quarterback to take a team that went to the NFC Championship game to the next level. The goal is Super Bowl. The Vikings have a blank canvas at quarterback at the time. There's reports about a Kirk Cousins flirtation, mm-hmm. and this is what Mike Zimmer said almost three years ago. We've won this many games in these many years because of this football team, because we've played really good on defense for the most part. Um, this year, obviously, we played so much better on offense that we were able to ex- go further than what a lot of people thought we would. Um, and so it's important that we continue to keep putting places pieces in place on the defense. So what I don't want to do is say, okay, this is just one thing. We're going to do this, and we're going to take away from the rest of the things that have gotten to this point. Um, you know, so that's that's the other thing. And, and, and Rob Brzezinski, our cap guy, does an outstanding job of saying, okay, if we do this, then we're going to have to give up here. If we do this, we're going to have to do this. If we do this, we can add here, we can add there. And so I think, you know, all those things come in, into play. He's basically saying, without saying, if we drop $30 million on a quarterback, we better be careful to not be robbing these other positions of talent yes. and of potential contract extensions. And then he went on to say, Rob Brzezinski, and he's right about this, Rob Brzezinski is probably the best cap man in the NFL for years. Like This dude is a whiz cap guy, and the Vikings are lucky to have him. But even the wizard of cap guys, eventually, as you keep you know, rolling money forward and restructuring contracts. At some point, you got to pay the piper. But that's what Mike. And that's said, where they're sitting right now, and that's what Mike said that Rob says. Like Rob told them specifically, eventually it's going to catch up to us if we continue to operate in this way. So the question becomes, what was the conversation after that combine? What was the conversation, and what were the mental gymnastics that were done to justify doing exactly? I mean. Mike basically tells you there's a bomb in the building. Don't go in. And the Vikings basically were like, hold on a second. Let's run in and make sure it's not. And the building blew the bleep up, okay? 
Like that's the, that. So, so what happened here? And I will always say this, and this is a very Judd like observational thing. Okay. So like, there's no quantifying it or there's no, well, you don't know that for sure. Cause I'll get that. The most interesting thing about cousins, the day he signed. Okay. And again, I will fully admit like with Parisian suitor, I was on board. I thought it was cool. So this is not a Judd at the time saying, oh, this is a stupid move. But the day that Cousins was in to visit and they did the contract and called the press conference, Spielman at one point acknowledged, we have Sheldon Richardson in the building too, and Mike's all excited about that. And it always stuck with me because I thought that's his toy. Like that's what Mike needs. It's like Mike Mike was like, no, no, not the quarterback, not the Mike, here's a defensive toy. Oh, cool. Oh, awesome. Again, not a quantifiable thing. Like you could be like, oh, Judd, it meant nothing. But to me, it meant something. It meant you were almost trying to distract Mike. Shiny object over here. Well, Sheldon Richardson. And Sheldon Richardson was, was a very, very impactful for the Vikings. And a very good player. So I mean, they didn't just bring in some slappy cornerback who stonk. They brought in a defensive tackle who would be absolutely key and was for a year to what Mike does. But I'm just saying, I found it so intriguing that that even got mentioned. And I think when they signed Kirk Cousins, I don't think they were thinking about 2020, really. Like, that's we're sitting here right now, and the Vikings are, are clearly in need of a reset Agreed and completely. retooling. Yes, sir. They were thinking about 2018 and maybe 2019 as yep. being, hey, we've got this defense. It's going to continue to be near the top of the league. And Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen have become weapons. They just drafted Dalvin Cook, right? Um, and at that point, Xavier Rhodes hadn't really fallen off the cliff yet. And Linval Joseph was still sitting there as an elite defensive interior lineman. Yes. So I think they thought 2018 and 19 was the window. And if Kirk can give you better, more consistent, and even maybe more dynamic quarterback play yes. and put up some 300-yard games, then they can win a Super Bowl in 18-19, and they missed the freaking playoffs in 2018. I'm, I am so with you. I am so... And and they did They did come to... And, and I, I think this was Spielman and Zimmer and the entire team. I think they came to the realization that the case year was fun, but they, if they ran th- if they ran things back with case, it was not going to work. Okay, so I actually think that they came to the right conclusion there. The problem was they basically then said, "All right, who's the best quarterback that we could possibly get?" They got him, they which again is why I am not critical of that. But you were right. What you just said, Phil, is right. So common sense says it didn't work. 2018, we missed the playoffs. 2019, we make it and we get a nice win, but that's it. This is why I have such a problem with the extension. The extension is what bothers me beyond belief. Not yeah, the contract, yeah, not the original contract. Because it, it's sort of like, instead of acknowledging, and by the way, I would also mention, I, you know, they clearly hired the wrong offensive uh, offensive coordinator in John Filippo to, to run things. Like they just, yeah. it's almost like they didn't vet him before they hired him. Okay, so uh, well, they, they, they what's, did. Uh, what's kind of your run pass ratio? No, Zimmer 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 got spanked so badly by Philly that he just said, "You spanked me that badly, must be good." Instead of saying, it, "It's all," but, but, but how can he be shocked that John DeFilippo was going to throw the football? Wait a second, I thought we were going to run the ball. Phil, uh, no, I'm going to I'm going to throw the ball. This sounds, you're fired. This sounds so. Simple, but I think he sees offense as a necessary evil. It's why he likes to run, because that's the easy thing. I think that Mike sees Mike's Mike's life, his life's work is defense, okay? 
And then there's this other side of the football, but I don't really even like the quarterbacks that he, he spends his life diagramming ways to basically um, rip the power of quarterbacks away. He doesn't like those people. Well, here's what would have been perfect because it was, it was a three-year ironclad guaranteed contract to Kirk Cousins. And so what would have been perfect is you bring him in and you're, and you're more focused on 18 and 19, and then we'll see, we'll see where this thing's at in 2020 because like that's sort of the edge of the window sure. as you're signing Kirk Cousins. And it, it goes off the rails in 18. It gets back on the rails in 2019, and you win that big playoff game against the Saints. And all right, all right, let's run this thing back one more time and just see where we're at. That would have been the perfect way to close the chapter. Let's play out the final year of this guy's contract. Let's play out the final year of Mike Zimmer would have had. Well, he had the one year left in 2020. Or was he a he was a free agent coach? Remind me. 2020. He he had the he one year signed left in through this through this yep. year. All right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna run this thing back, and uh, we love you, but we just need to see some results, and we'll probably know in the first six to eight weeks. Our goal is to win a Super Bowl, yep. and so we're gonna hold you to a high standard. Yep. And imagine if you hadn't signed all these extensions, how easy this would be now to say, hey. No hard feelings, even like we had a window. Things happened. We missed it. It's been a good era of Vikings football, not a great era. Yeah. And we're just going to make some changes and move on. Yeah. And now it's harder to make those changes because you've signed these extensions and you're not bringing revenue in. And with Kirk, you know, with, with Zimmer and Spielman, it's like, do you want to just eat money as a franchise? With Kirk, it's like affecting your strategy because it's salary cap money that you can't untie. <laughs> Back to Purple Daily in just a moment after we thank Federated for uh, not only partnering with us, we appreciate it during just a tough pandemic year on our end here at Score North and Purple Daily, but also for the work that they're doing supporting local healthcare facilities and workers. They've donated at Federated 18,000 N95 respirator masks to Owatonna Hospital and several outdoor blue lights for the Owatonna Clinic building. Federated insurance employees are donating their time, talent, and financial resources to help our communities. And team members have produced masks and face shields for healthcare workers and first responders and caregivers. Federated Insurance is always putting community first. They're also putting your business first right in that mix as well, uh, giving business owners peace of mind and frontline protection. Find out more about Federated Insurance at their website, federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Right. So who so who on earth last March went into a panic and basically said cuz the Kirk the Kirk extension freed up cap space, but it's not like it gave you millions and millions and millions to go sign a guard. Hey, let's sign a guard here and a quarterback here. It gave you it it freed up cap space cuz you had none. So if you had bit the bullet in March and been like we are screwed, you realize we're screwed. At least that sets you up for future success then. Yes. Like na- like yeah you went and built three more floors on a building and they're all screwed up and flawed. And now someone else is going to have to come and tear them all down. And if I ask you, why'd you build those three floors? You're you're like, well, I thought they might be good. It's like, you can't think, no, no, you're paid to make decisions. I actually think that what the Vikings front office has done in recent months is far more fireable than what they did the last two years. I agree with that. Like now I'm I'm way more down on the entire thing. Yeah, it wasn't an objective look at where are we? Let's be totally objective. Where are we? Yes. And and what's the best path for this team to win a Super Bowl in the next 3 to 5 years? Yes. Is it well, let's just keep like 
kicking some of these cans down the road and running it back? And obviously the answer was no, because look at how they've started the season. Yes. So um, just a quick tease ahead. We plan on tomorrow's episode of Purple Daily before we get to our pigskin pecking order here. On tomorrow's episode of Purple Daily, we're going to do a trade primer here because the trade deadline's coming up and it's actually less than two weeks away. What's it going to be filled with, Phil Mackey? Hold on a second. Uh, ask me that one more time. What, what's the trade primer going to be filled with, Phil Mackey? Reckless speculation. A lot of speculation on who the Vikings could or should trade and a couple names that maybe are available that they could trade for and if much, you're into that sort of thing. And I've got a long list. I'll be checking it twice tonight, much like Santa Claus. So that'll be, uh, and you look like Santa Claus with your Thank Santa you. Claus beard now. Yeah, and my girth. Football. I got it. Let, I'll play right guard. 50-year-old rookie. After Thanksgiving, it's a Disney he, movie. he might be in a <laughs> That's a Disney that. movie right there. The 50-year-old <laughs> rookie, right guard. Let's rank some football teams. Let's go through our weekly pigskin pecking order on Purple football. Daily. <laughs> 1 through 10, or 10 through 1, Judd Zolgad. All right, away. 10 through 1. Um, the bottom of this league really, really stinks, okay? Like, this <laughs> league is not, like, it's got some good teams, don't get me wrong. But, man, it's got some yeah. really... Big train wrecks too. There are there are ten teams. I just looked this up. Verify what Doogie floated to us. Yep. Ten teams. One third of the league has one or zero wins so far. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> That's some stiff tank for Trevor competition. <laughs> All right. Out of my uh rankings for this week, three teams have fallen out completely. Cleveland, you're out. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted, and you might get back in, but you're out. Your quarterback's not good, by the way. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, I've watched the last two games because they played on Tuesday night at Tennessee, and then they played the Chiefs on Monday night. I am thoroughly unimpressed. You're out. The Patriots, yeah, you're out too. Number 10, this one was really, really hard because I don't know who should be 10. I just I just flipped a coin. The Saints at 3-2. and two. Michael Thomas is coming back uh, from his... Injury and then the disciplinary action they took against him. They weren't, I didn't have them ranked last week. Saints are 10. Number nine, number nine, they lost 24 16 to uh, San Fran, so I dropped them a spot, but I still like them. The Rams at four and two. Number eight, welcome to the rankings. Yes, it pains me to do this because, but your defense is good, but your offense, ooh. 23 to six winners over Carolina. Um, They've only lost one game this year, and that was in week four to the Colts, who are another really weird team, but I sort of like. The Chicago Bears are in my rankings at number eight at five and one. Probably too low, but uh, first time that they've appeared in the Judd uh, pigskin pecking order this year. Number seven, back in. They were in. They were out. They were in. I, I have a feeling this is going to happen a lot at four and two after um, beating up on the Green Bay Packers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number six. Oh. Mm-hmm. Number six. I only dropped this team one spot because I, I feel like I had them appropriately ranked and they were four and zero at the time and then they got destroyed by the Bucks. The Packers go from five to six. I don't think the rest of this league is good enough for me to justify like taking the Packers down to 10th or something. So at four and one, the Green Bay Packers are uh, six. Top five, Tennessee Titans go from unranked to seven last week to five this week uh, after a 42-36 victory over the Texans. Mike Vrabel looked like, as we talked about yesterday, a genius with the clock. Number four, uh, dropping uh, one spot despite the fact that they beat the Eagles, the Baltimore Ravens at five and one. Uh, going up one spot, the Steelers 
who beat up on the Browns 38 to 7 at 5 and 0 oh, so they go from 4 uh, 4 to 3 in my rankings Seattle is 2 and then I am going to leave the Chiefs alone at 1 5 and mm-hmm. 1 uh 46 rushing attempts for 245 yards on a rainy Monday in Buffalo the most rushing yards I believe ever for an Andy Reid coach team and the most that the Chiefs have had since 2012. So my top 10, Kansas City, Seattle, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Tennessee, 6 through 10, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Chicago, the Los Angeles Rams, and the New Orleans Saints. Interesting. All right, so uh, I've I've moved a couple teams out and a couple new teams in. San Francisco is back in my 10. They probably never should have left. They just, like, I dinged them for the injuries and stuff, and now that they're getting a couple guys back, including Garoppolo, who played nice little bounce-back performance after getting benched two weeks ago. San Francisco, until they prove otherwise, deserves to be at least in the 10 here. So they're number 10. I got the Bears in too, man. I, I think it's always like this. Point. They're yeah. just, I mean, they're 5-1. and one. Their defense is really good. They'll and lose Nick, Nick Foles is a better leader than Trubisky and a better quarterback. So we'll see what happens. Number 8, the Rams. Number 7, the Titans. I've got them kind of in the same bin of good, solid teams that could be dangerous in the playoffs. Very well-coached teams. Innovative offensive teams. Number six, I've I've dropped them all the way to six. I'm admitting I was wrong on the Packers being oh. the best team in the NFL. Okay, all right. I, I still think the Packers can make a run and maybe even flirt with the Super Bowl, but there was something about Aaron Rodgers in that game. He just uh, that 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 number that got thrown out that when he trails in a game, he's under 500 as a quarterback. Remarkable. Trails at any point. That's really surprising. So he's got that. You know, if he's a boxer, like oh my god, the other guy's fighting back. Like yeah. <laughs> of course. What are you doing? No moss. So I got the Packers. I'm punishing them and moving them to, to six here. Number five, the Ravens holding steady. Lamar Jackson, not quite as dynamic as he was last year. We'll see mm-hmm. what happens there. Number four, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Very understated. Everyone kind of kind of uh, kept them off their radars and just see is Big, is Big Ben going to be able to play? And the answers are all yes. And they've got weapons. And Mike Tomlin's a good coach. Number three, the Seattle Seahawks. I think they can win a Super Bowl. Number two, the Kansas City Chiefs can obviously win a Super Bowl. Oh, and the number that? one team in the NFL is a top three defense, if not the best defense in the NFL. And Tom Brady is playing still like Tom Brady. And they have weapons and are getting healthier. Wow. And they can run the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. Mm-hmm. Whoa. It's like, honestly, it's not even that hot of a take. Right now on Pro Football Focus, they have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers also as their top graded team in the NFL through the first six games. Um, what they did to the Packers was an absolute dissection and takedown of a really good team. And I think that's probably the best they've played all year. But if their defense is going to get after quarterbacks like that, and Tom Brady is going to be Tom Brady, and Gronk finally got into the mix last week, there's still room for this team to get better offensively, and they've already been one of the better defensive teams in the NFL. So it's funny when you get rid of the quarterback that throws 30 interceptions, <laughs> what can happen? So I got the Buccaneers as a legit Super Bowl team, and they are number one right now. I'm at pigskin packing order. Declan. All right, starting with number 10, I, I am adding them to the list to the Chicago Bears. They're 5-1. and one. I think they're a fraudulent 5-1, and one, but the defense is pretty dang good. So congratulations, Chicago. You're in. But Nick Foles, Mitch Trubisky, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, I don't know who's that quarterback for them. That is a humongous problem. But for whatever reason... It works. So they're number 10 for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the LA Rams uh, were defeated by the Niners. They are number 9 for me. I don't have the Niners on my list just yet. I think they're they're probably one game, one more win away from entering my list. They were banged up. Jimmy G had a big game, but I, I have omitted them for my list. But the Rams still, I think, have had a better team overall through the first six weeks. So they're number 9. 
Uh, the Bills are number eight. I know Josh Allen has come down to earth a little bit, but that start was very impressive. I think that offense can still hum. Stefan Diggs is very good. They're number eight for me. I have the Bucks seven. Um, the Bucks. I think at one is a little too high, even though you know you bring up good evidence that Pro Football Focus says that they've been very good uh, through the first six weeks. They've laid some clunkers. Tom Brady's clock management. I mean, the loss to the Bears is enough to not make that the number one team. Like, Wait a second. Did you just list Tom Brady's clock management as a reason for, for not 2020 liking the power rankings? If I'm just putting <laughs> this vision on, I'm not looking at go, what's Dexter, happened for gun. Hall of Fame. Stick to your guns. man brain fart. Stick to your guns, Dex. I think I think I'm going to trust the best clock management quarterback mm. in football history over the long run. But you don't guys, you, don't you, you give guys, it up. Don't you, you give it up, Jack. Do don't you give it up. Yeah, weird. Maybe you should know what down it is. Uh, number six is the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> and, and beat the Bears, too. And so. beat the GD. Beat the, beat, beat the Bears Please. on Thursday night, okay? Uh, the Ravens have fallen off to me. Lamar Jackson, three of these last four games, has been a pedestrian at-best quarterback, man. I mean, I, I kind of don't know what's happening here. I know there'd be some type of hangover. He's been figured out a little bit, I think, yeah. is part of the problem. Now, now, what's his adjustment? That's right. my question. His passer rating in the last three of his last four games, 73.1, 71.9, yeah. 92.5. I mean, that's basically average to a below-average quarterback. So I, I, I have dropped them a little bit to six. The Tennessee Titans are number five. Um, I don't like the way they've gone about their whole COVID situation, but Mike Vrabel's a very good coach. And you know what? I'll, I will admit where I'm wrong. I thought Ryan Tannehill for sure was going to come down to earth. This dude's a pretty good quarterback. I don't think he's elite, but he is a very good quarterback. The mm-hmm. Titans are number five. The Packers do fall to number four for me. I still think they've done enough body of work to be in the top five. They were my number one team for the last two weeks. Um, they're number four. The Seattle Seahawks are number three just because of the bye week. Number two is the Pittsburgh Steelers for me. Um, yes, the, everything that Phil said, we everyone was just sleeping on them. Big Ben still has his fastball. Place Chaypool is um, right up there. Justin Jefferson is one of the most impressive rookies in the NFL. Great Canadian, too. Oh, I didn't know he's Canadian. He's Canadian. Awesome. So th- hey. that, even more validation for them to be in the top three of my power rankings. And then number one, the Kansas City Chiefs do enter as the number one team uh, for me through the first six weeks. So 10 through mm-hmm. one, Bears, Rams, Bills, Bucks, Ravens, Titans, Packers, Seahawks, Steelers, Kansas City Chiefs is your best team. You mentioned Ryan Tannehill. So Ryan Tannehill, since joining the Tennessee Titans, he's played 15 games as a starter. He's 12 and 3, 70% completions, 35 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and a 116 passer rating. Okay, that is elite. And nine yards per attempt. So it ain't Dinkin and Duncan. It's down the field. No, he's been good. He's been really good. Didn't impress me here, but he's been good. Yeah, it's weird. Like they, here they was just, like a very, very odd in this game because they were all sick. Yep, they all had COVID. So that is our pigskin packing order. Football. Every Wednesday we do a state of Kirk Cousins and we do a pigskin packing order here on Purple Daily, and uh, we appreciate all of you helping us get over ten thousand subscribers on our YouTube channel, youtubecom slash podcast. and we will see you for some trade speculation on tomorrow's episode.